the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Situation Report today, where we give you the information you need to navigate an ever-changing culture. My name is Jeremy Stoliker. I'm here with Chad Robichaux. And uh, Chad, we're going to jump into a topic today that, uh, to me, when we talk about navigating an ever-changing culture, there are some things that you think would be understood and that public opinion would not change. But this is an area where it is, and it, it, it blows my mind. I don't really understand it. We're, today, we're going to talk about life. Uh, we'll talk about the topic of abortion. And yeah. uh, this is such a big deal. In fact, we're going through the uh, Supreme Court um, confirmation process for Judge Barrett. And that's one of the issues that comes up again and again and again. And I just right. I don't well, get we it. do with Roe versus Wade. Right. And, and uh, I mean, for me, this is, you know, of all the things that I'm most passionate about in life, I, I'd say people would probably look at my life and see the work that I do with the work that you and I do with, with combat veterans. Yeah. Uh, but probably at the forefront of my heart is uh, the pro-life issue in sure. America. Um, the sanctity of life is such an important uh, aspect for me. I would never vote. Uh, I would never vote for any candidate in public office um, if I didn't know their stance on the sanctity of life. Right. And it definitely influences my vote, uh, particularly in a presidential election. It, uh, it's, of that. it's an incredible issue to me. And one of the things that I struggle with is understanding as a Christian, as a person of faith, um, I have a very strong opinion about that. But to me, the fact that this has been made a religious issue or an issue that um, if you're a person of faith, you have a, an opinion. If you're not, then you have a different opinion. I don't understand how well, people fall on those two sides of it. Now it's even taken a step further. If I say, if someone says they're pro-life or pro-choice, you immediately uh, have a partisan... It's partisan a political issue right? now, right? Yeah, yeah it's a right like, and left issue. You know, and, and, and it shouldn't be that way. I mean, no. people on both sides of the, the aisle should be able to, you know... Have an opinion on, on this issue. Seems like life would be one of those uh, non-political positions, but it's yeah. not. Uh, thankfully, we have someone who's smarter than us to uh, help us break this down. Kara yes. McKinney is with us, and uh, Kara McKinney, if you've been watching our show for very long, um, she was one of our very first guests, and she came back. So thankful, thankful for you, and thank you for coming back. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's awesome to have you back. Now we get to go on your show. Now yeah. we get to go on your show on One American News. Go back and forth. Yeah, Kara is from uh, One American News, and when we talked the first time, you were producing After Hours with Alex Salvi, uh, also a friend of uh, of ours in our organization. Um, and you've been a cheerleader for us, and you've really opened some doors for us, even at One American News. And since then, you've gotten your own show, uh, Tipping Point. Yes, yes, I have. It's it's a big jump, but I'm excited to be hosting yeah. now Tipping Point. Yeah. Uh, Liz Wheeler left me some big shoes to fill, sure. but I hope I can you know manage to get there one day. Yeah. Liz did a, a good job, but when I saw that you had taken her spot, Michael and I were talking, and um, somehow I saw it on Twitter or something. I was talking to him and also looking at my phone, as I am wont to do, <laughs> and uh, I saw that you you filled that spe- uh, that that seat, and I was like, man, that's awesome. Yeah, we were you're the right person for it. Definitely happy for you. you. Yeah, Thank it's awesome. So, the issue in front of us is a big one. Before we jump into it, though, you are a young woman living in America, which means you are supposed to be very liberal, 
and uh, believe that abortion is okay and that it is, in fact, a fundamental right. Uh, how did you end up on the wrong side of this conversation? Well, thankful, thankfully for me, I grew up with a very strong religious family, very conservative family, so they were able to instill in me early on values that help me to see through the lies on the leftist agenda. But funny you mentioned that uh, the, the, the liberal you know box they right. try and put young right. women in. Right. When I was in college and I had to uh, submit my thesis for uh, one of my finals, I wrote you know that I wanted to expand on the pro-life topic. My teacher writes back this very strange uh, email saying, you know, you're good to go. I can't wait to see how you um, basically justify abortion. And she completely misunderstood oh, what right. the thesis of my, because sure. she just saw a young woman and <laughs> assumed, assumed there's one answer. <laughs> exactly. Just yeah. assume what I was going to be doing. So yeah. 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 Crazy. Well, because it's, uh, you know, the whole thing, your body, your choice. I've, I've just spoken out about it and I've had women tell me that I had no voice because I had no, I had no uterus. So yeah. I think the thing was no uterus, no opinion. Yeah, and, uh, sure. Because life, so that's, overturn that's how you have to look at life. Right. Then you'd have to overturn Roe. If women truly believe that, which they don't when they say that, but they were to say, men don't have a choice or a say in this matter, yeah. well then let's overturn Roe v. Sure. Wade because who decided it? It was an all-male court. So therefore we have to toss out the Supreme Court ruling and they would never go there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. what a topic. So I, like you, I'm, I'm a Christian and mm -hmm. uh, I have a very strong position, what you said in the opening on, on this as a Christian, I believe that you know all life is, is at conception. Mm -hmm. uh, but I'm not not everyone part is in America is Christians, and they they have a they should have a say too. And so when you look at science, I'm gonna read this. Uh, mm -hmm. In 2018, there was a study done by Stephen Jacobs of Chica uh, University of Chicago, and uh, among other things that he he did a uh, study on. But 90 in his study, 95 percent of biologists affirmed that the biological view of human life begins at fertilization. This was done uh, 5,212 5, scientists out of 5,502 scientists were surve surveyed and uh, and said that life mm -hmm. formed at, at, uh, at fertilization. So outside of that, you know, why is pro-lifers ignoring the science behind this? So what we see here is that, yes, so life does begin at conception. You see the male gamete and the female gamete that they combine together, and it produces a unique genome, a, a completely unique human being that, if left to nature, will grow and develop into a, a viable child that will then be born. So what you see with uh, specifically Roe v. Wade, 1973, the Supreme Court actually, they didn't try and say that it's not alive. Uh, you see that they try and do a little bait and switch with terminology. They'll say that it's not a person. So unfortunately, what this debate now hinges on is personhood. For example, I believe it was Justice Kennedy at the time, Anthony Kennedy. He made the point during court, or perhaps this was in a later ruling, because we also have Doe v. Bay, uh, Doe v. Bolton. We also have Casey v. Uh, Planned Parenthood. So follow-up uh, cases also to Roe v. Wade. So in these cases, at one point, Justice Kennedy makes the point saying that the human fetus, which is just Latin for little child, it doesn't mean non-human. Same thing as a, a newly born child is called a neonate doesn't mean that they're not human. It's just that's the technical term. So he says the fetus dies the same way you or I would die during an abortion through blood loss. So there is a recognition on some parts. You get sometimes this admission from the pro-choicers, the pro-abortionists, that yes, this is a separate living human being, but they won't so, go so far as to say personhood, unfortunately. So that's where they try and hinge this debate. However, I look at this and say, 
not to use the left's terms, but they always try and go to Hitler. You know, nowadays everyone's a Nazi, everyone's Hitler. <laughs> right. But what did uh, not uh, what did Adolf Hitler do when he was talking to the Nazis? He would say, "Yes, Jews are humans, but are they persons?" Sure. And then, of course, that kind of gave them the leeway to do all the evil stuff that they did. So, unfortunately, the left is really playing with fire when they try and say it's not a person, but it is a, a living human being. And my view on life is that um, that I don't. You know, no one should have to defend their right to live. That's not up to yeah. us. I don't have to say, well, my heart's beating, so therefore I have to live as an unborn child. Is, well, does your heart beat? Do you have functioning lungs? Do you have a functioning brain? Until you reach our arbitrary threshold for viability, then we'll let you live. That's disgusting. That's evil. That's a complete backwards view on humanity. It's just you are a living human being, and that's it. Hands yeah. off. You are God's creation, and it's not up to any of us other people to snuff out your life. Right. What what's the issue then? Uh, you just articulated more in the last two and a half minutes than most pro-abortion, you know, individuals or organizations could could articulate. <laughs> so you understand both sides of the argument better than most. Um, but what's the real issue? Why are those who say they're pro-science? Why are they willing to parse out words and redefine mm-hmm. terms to come to the conclusion that it's okay to end life? Because well, what's the real issue? the real issue. So there's several real issues. A, it's demonic. You're dealing with a lot of very evil people. If you see a lot of these pro-abortion types that hang around, um, for example, there was a, a, an abortion doctor who's going into his clinic and there was pro-lifers outside with their rosaries and with uh, just, you know, pamphlets and stuff to give to women who are going inside. He goes in front of them and he starts yelling and he starts acting like a dog barking in their face. Like, and he's like, is this the demon you thought you'd seen? I'm thinking, yes, <laughs> that is the demon. This was a doctor, too. Yes, well, a doctor. <laughs> well, yeah. In the same way, well, again, I guess just going back to the whole Nazi comparison is that what did the Nazis do? I believe if it was uh, Dr. Mengele after, you know, after everything that happened in Germany when, you know, the Allies won, where did all these Nazis go? To South America and where they become abortion doctors. So they just carried on their killing to a whole new continent. But you see, there's different strains. You have to talk to each person individually in the pro-choice camp where they're coming from. You see, for example, um, a lot of men endorse abortion. I believe it was actually Playboy uh, back in the 1960s, mm. mid to late 60s, that actually started to start giving their support yeah. for abortion before even Planned Parenthood did. Um, Planned Parenthood at the time, the late 60s, was still giving out pamphlets telling women, this is a very dangerous procedure, don't do it. And yet you see Playboy go for it. And why is that? Because look what Playboy does. It's uh, talk about toxic masculinity, not the leftist kind, but what actual toxic masculinity, you see these men and they want to have their way with women and to exploit women. And what better way to do that if you know that if you have a quote-unquote accident, you just have the woman get an abortion. There are no consequences. Exactly, no consequences. Same thing for women. The whole liberation ideology is this idea to just sleep around with absolutely no consequences. So the abortion is for them is like their ultimate plan B. Uh, When I research different abortion doctors who have since become pro-life, they say there's plenty of women, uh, a good chunk of them, who use abortion as actually a form of birth control instead of it being, because, you know, the left tries to make it, this is such an, you know, intensely, painful time for this woman that she's making this choice and yet like I say you hear abortion doctors saying some women will be in three or four five times even married women I believe it's something like 43 percent of uh, women who go to have an abortion are actually married or in a committed relationship yeah wow that's amazing um man so much there uh one of the the interesting things and we kind of led with this or I led with this in the beginning is the fact that this conversation has become a religious or not religious political or not 
uh, well, depending on the party, I guess, uh, which side of the political spectrum you fall on. Um, and traditionally, it has been very much religious people um, that are the champions. I, I remember as a kid, um, so I was probably nine, ten years old. This was, this was a couple years ago. Um, <laughs> our church going to a pro-life rally, and it was every church, every denomination, every faith. I mean, people we would not have agreed with theologically um, stood on our street uh, in the little town I was uh, from, and stood together. It was the churches that stood up for life, and it was the churches that spoke for life. Um, and I don't know if it's the election cycle. I don't know if it's that culture has changed that much. But now it seems like even religious people, people who claim to be people of faith, um, you know, Kamala Harris recently said she is deeply a person of faith, and yet she is a champion for uh, abortion. Why has that shifted? Why have people who traditionally, as people of faith, would have held on to the pro-life position why is that shifting now? I wanted to take a minute to let our audience know about the work that we do through an incredible veterans nonprofit called the Mighty Oaks Foundation. Many of our nation's warriors struggle with the hardships of military service and reintegration back into civilian life. Often they leave broken homes in their aftermath and comprise one of the most at-risk groups for suicide, with over 20 veterans who take their lives every single day. Mighty Oaks tackles this critical issue with our faith-based peer-to-peer resiliency and recovery programs offered at no cost to our honored servicemen and women at beautiful ranches across the United States. Mighty Oaks has one of the highest success rates of any program available anywhere. Visit MightyOaksPrograms.org to learn more about how you can make a direct impact in the lives of our servicemen and women to help them find a new life purpose through hope in Christ. Again, that's MightyOaksPrograms.org. Witnessing the transformation that these men and women go through is absolutely incredible. There are no words to describe seeing warriors restored to the lives they were created to live, changing their legacies for eternity. Your support is needed now more than ever and will ensure that our programs are here for our warriors who are in desperate need. Again, the website is MightyOaksPrograms.org. Because to be truly Christian is to live a sacrificial way of life. That is what being a Christian is. And unfortunately, um, I see it in my church, I'm a Catholic, and I'm sure, you know, the trend also holds true for many Protestants as well. It's just Christianity in general is there's a lack of understanding amongst a lot of Christians. They aren't actually up for the challenge of living sacrificially. And so you see a lot of them actually worshiping themselves and calling themselves God. For example, you'll see them say, uh, well, I was actually, I had a friend at work at one point um, a while ago and stuff, and we were talking about different life issues such as abortion and gay marriage and other types of issues. And when I laid out to her what it says in the Bible in black and white, you know, any pastor, any priest would tell you this. She looked at me and said, well, that's not a God. I'd want to worship them. And and this is a woman who had been going to Bible studies and such. And so her Christian God, you, you see, for example, a lot of Christians, we try and act like Jesus. Uh, I remember when I was in one of my youth groups as a kid, I was always told Jesus, if he was alive today, would be the cool biker guy, you know, <laughs> hanging out with the riffraff, almost like a thug or a criminal. I'm like, what are you talking about? When he right. spoke to sinners, it was to elevate them to a higher way of living so that they would leave that behind. Mm. What we see from a lot of people today is we're trying to bring Jesus down to our fallen level right. because then it makes us feel better about ourselves. We go, oh, well, Jesus was, you know, I, it was Don Lemon, I believe, on CNN who said, well, Jesus wasn't perfect. I'm like, 
Yeah, yeah, I was. Yeah, I was. The only one that ever was. Exactly, exactly. The only one, and they couldn't even get that right. So it just shows you that there is a lack of understanding on what Christianity is. And so if you are um, a young woman or a young man and you find yourself, well, first of all, you should save that for marriage. So that's number one. I tried to make that point one time in a college class, and I had 50 people yelling at me. People crying, people calling, cursing at me. And all I said was, wait till marriage. That's literally, I didn't make any judgment. I didn't say, oh, you're going to go to hell if you do. (laughs) I just nicely put it out there and I got rained down on. So unfortunately, so that's what you're seeing is that even a lot of Christians, like I said, I see it in my own church. They're not up for the challenge of living sacrificially. If they find themselves pregnant, there's that slight, like, well, if I get rid of it now, no one's going to know. And again, that's, I think, is the deeper root is the selfishness that motivates people to get that abortion in the first place. And the justification behind it, Mm -hmm. behind so I mean, you talk. We're talking about the kind of separation of people in of faith, but what about uh, politically? This administration has been a champion mm-hmm. for yeah. for for uh, pro, pro pro life. Mm-hmm. What is what is some things this administration has done? One thing that gets me is that I don't see a lot of talk about is about a year or so ago, the Trump administration made some changes to Title 10. And what that did is it took away about $60 million of funding away from Planned Parenthood. Because you see a lot of Republicans, our big thing is to defund Planned Parenthood. But then it seems like nothing ever gets done. It's just one of those talking points that comes up every four years. It's like defunding the police. Yeah, Yeah, it doesn't really mean anything. (laughs) Exactly. That's what the Democrats say. And then on the Republican side, yeah, it's defund Planned Parenthood. Never see much done. But actually, the Trump administration, like I said, they actually were able to do that. The president recently also um, put forward an executive order, uh, Born Alive Infant Protection Act. That's something actually Senator Barack Obama, when he was in Congress, voted against back in the early 2000s. Even when uh, nurses came in to testify before Congress about little babies being left to die after failed abortions, crying, wailing in the corner, and that they would be put into little closets. And Senator Obama, at least to my knowledge, voted against it three times. And I believe he was like the only senator to do so as well. Recently on my show, I had a young uh, a woman on. Her name's Gianna Jessen. And she really humanized the situation because she was that fetus. She was that quote unquote clump of cells, if you will. Yeah. She survived the abortion. Her mother in the 70s tried to kill her. Uh, the abortion doctor arrived late because uh, I think a lot of people don't realize this when you have second and third trimester abortions. It can be a several day process. And so the mother uh, was through the process and was now delivering, but delivered a little too early. Mm. Uh, The abortion doctor wasn't able to get there quick enough. Gianna was, I believe, a saline abortion, which is uh, when they put a salt fluid into the amniotic fluid that burns the baby both inside and out because the baby at the later stages will be uh, will breathe in the amniotic fluid to uh, to pretend to breathe. And that's how you can strengthen your diaphragm and intercostal muscles and other muscles needed for breathing. And the idea is it burns the baby both inside and out, so the mother then delivers a dead baby. Gianna was born alive. Uh, Unfortunately, she was born with cerebral uh, palsy because of the lack of oxygen during this traumatic birth. But one of the nurses had pity on her, was able to call an ambulance and save her life. And on her uh, birth certificate, it says, you know, birth, and it says failed abortion, saline abortion. And then her abortion doctor later had to sign, uh, you know, uh, her birth certificate. And she's like, I think that's so powerful. Incredible. And one thing she's always said wow. that really stuck out to me is that who do you, who do you think you are? So just us humans in general, who do you think you are? You can't even make your own heart beat. You know, if I'm dying, I'm, I'm having a heart attack. I can't make it beat. Yeah. So who do you think you are to act like God and to, and to determine who else lives and dies? So that really brings it home to me. Uh, other women such as Melissa Odin, she also survived an abortion herself. So this isn't some clump of cells. Sure. These are living, breathing, yeah. breathing human beings. With um, 
with Judge Amy Barrett, you know, mm-hmm. his confirmation, what's the, the possibility is on a table of overturning mm-hmm. Roe versus Wade. I mean, that's just what, for me, that's yeah. what I want. That's what I, yeah. that's why I, I, I voted for President Trump so he yeah. would appoint these sort of Supreme Court yeah. justices for this. It's the, on the other end, that's what they're wanting her not yeah. to be. It's the Supreme Court over. I mean, so the possibility is there where this could actually get overturned. Mm-hmm. What's that mean? What's actually mean in America that when Roe versus Wade mm-hmm. is overturned? So it's one of those like good things and bad things. So the work wouldn't be done, unfortunately. Uh, I would love to see that day. I remember I was a junior in high school and I would go back and forth debating people. I remember slamming my fist down one time and standing up in the middle of class saying and like promising to see Roe v. Wade overturn and doing <laughs> my junior part. in high school. Yes. I'm sure you were very popular. <laughs> <laughs> I got chased around campus by random girls who come up to me crying saying, don't you know what you're doing? I'm like, yes, saving women and children. Right. Uh, I don't know about you. You're killing one of the, uh, the two patients there. But... So, yeah, going back to Judge Amy Coney Barrett, just assuming all things work out perfectly, we don't have a John Roberts type Obamacare flub where he just comes out of nowhere left field and goes, it's a tax, it's passed. Uh, Assuming all things go well and uh, a conservative majority 6-3 court decides to overturn Roe v. Wade, uh, it would just go back to the states. So you would have it where you'd have 50 states and 50 different uh, regulations. You'd have some more red states would heavily restrict it more blue states would have it similar to what we have today. And I think it's necessary to kind of go through the different cases I mentioned earlier. Uh, Roe v. Wade legalized abortion. It said up to the moment of viability, which at the time was 24 weeks. Now babies have lived down to 21 weeks and earlier. By the time it was 24 weeks, and they said that states could not really regulate or cut off a woman's access to abortion any time between you know, zero and 24 weeks. After that, states have some leeway to start saying, you know, we don't allow saline abortions or we don't allow partial birth abortions, whatever it may be. Uh, Doe v. Bolt, or I should say Roe v. Wade, uh, that the states had to also give way to women's health. So if it was late-term abortion and a state technically didn't allow it, if the woman claimed my health was at risk, then the state would have to acquiesce. Dovey Bolton uh, and KCV Planned Parenthood would be later cases that kind of go, well, what does mother's health really really mean? Because my idea would be a woman's, you know, on a gurney somewhere, literally blood loss and she's about to die. And that's not true. Uh, Mother's health means financial health, emotional well-being, societal standing. If I'm a woman and I say, and I'm 28 weeks pregnant, 32 weeks pregnant, you know, late, where the baby could be delivered and survive. And I say, well, you know, if I have this baby, I feel like I'd be affected by stigma, I'd be ostracized. That's my mental health. And they go, okay, right away, ma'am, go kill your baby. Uh, So unfortunately, mother's health is it's a it's an illusion it's false and some one thing i love to tell exactly it's a loophole and one thing i love to ask people is whenever they because that's something people just throw out because they don't know anything about it It just sounds good right like i got you pro-life or you claim to be pro-life but you would condemn women to death right and you say okay mother's health and i explain that but i also say okay when it comes to actual let's just talk medical what conditions would cause a woman's health to be, uh, you know, for her to be near death, and what type of an abortion would be necessary to save her life, and how would that happen? Walk me through the process. Mm-hmm. I've yet to find one person who can, because it's impossible. When you, when I read former abortion doctors or doctors who've delivered live babies, they all say there's no such thing as an abortion necessary to save a woman's life. That situation does not exist. Mm-hmm. Or rape and incest, which is only a half a percent. Yes. It, right? it, and that's it, the big it, argument. That's also the big all- argument, but of course, uh, you the 
the manner of your conception does not mean whether you should live or die. Right. Uh, I you should know, be punished. I, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Our right. founding uh, fathers, one of the first things they got rid of, which was something back in the old world in Europe, was that if your father was, you know, a gambler and was in full debt and he skips town, the state can go, well, do you got 50000 <laughs> right, or whatever right. it was? Yeah. Uh, we, we got rid of that, that you aren't to be uh, liable for your father's sins. Right. Yeah. What is, uh, as we conclude, uh, I'm sure there's some things on your mind that you would say, this is something that people have to understand that they don't understand. Um, what are some of the issues or one of the issues that people don't get that you feel like if they just knew this, they'd, they'd have a better understanding of this issue? That's a good question. Again, it differs for different people. Some people you could shock them with the facts and they don't care because at the end of the day, it was never about the baby and it was never about, about those women. Yes, exactly. So you think those women with the pink hair and the, you know, tat, you know all the, the piercings and all the craziness and, uh, you know, you don't even know if it's a sir or a ma'am and they're out there, uh, you know, ripping their shirts off and burning their bra. You think they're out there marching because at night they think some woman out there somewhere could be in No, they're out there for themselves right. because they know they sleep around. They know they mess with the wrong types of guys and they're afraid that one day they could be finding themselves with a, uh, a positive pregnancy test. And so they're out there fighting for themselves. So unfortunately, those people who can just pray for their souls that they see past themselves and they stop looking at themselves. But for people who truly think that they're doing the right thing, that they're helping those women out there somewhere, one thing is, and I know it's shocking, but I feel like sometimes you have to do this, is what is an abortion? We talk about it in too many euf uh, euphemisms. Like I mentioned, Gianna Jessen, her mother, they've later reconciled, thankfully, but at the time, her mother paid a doctor to burn Gianna as an inf as a uh, as a fetus as a small unborn baby to burn her skin both yeah. inside and out with saline and you see the babies when they're born they look like they're burn victims because they're char almost charcoalized is what it looks like that's what they were, the mother was paid for you see other types of abortion where the the needle goes through the stomach and it uh, pokes punctures into the baby's head and it uh, releases a toxin to stop the baby's beating heart uh, you see all sorts of different abortion uh, techniques such as that you know, partial birth abortions, uh, it takes several days. Seaweed is inserted into the cervix. It takes several days for that to open up. Hence why if you're saying that the mother is about to die in two seconds, sure. then why are you giving yeah. her a three or four day long process in which right. she's going to have to give birth anyways? So why are you giving birth to a dead baby? What's the difference between that and a live baby? So again, no reason for the whole mother's health thing there. But when the baby's coming out, Unfortunately, with some babies who are born alive, such as Gianna, and she's made this clear to me as well, is that sometimes you see some abortion doctors, they use pencils to stab through the baby's head to kill the baby. If it, the baby comes out alive, twist the neck, use scissors to puncture the baby's head. Um, it's just a whole multitude of things that are done to the baby. It's it's graphic. It's disgusting. After an abortion is done, there's nurses nearby who their whole job is to piece the baby back together to make sure the entire baby was removed because if parts of the baby, like the head, is left, the woman might pass that later on and go, there's a head looking at me in the right. toilet. Or, you know, she might become infected. So it's a it's a bloody uh, brutal business it's disgusting and sometimes you just have to know those facts to go that's what you're voting for if you vote for someone who's pro-choice if you support that decision if you drive your friend to the abortion clinic that's what you are directly involving yourself yeah. with it's it's not a pretty sight it's not a it's not like a cancer tumor that comes out or a little tooth or something like this is a live human being and you killed it you stopped their heart some abortion doctors i've read uh say that they feel like they're giving the baby's soul back to God. And there's some weird idea, and you see like celebrities and stuff talk about their abortions. It's like they almost think that if they have the abortion and the baby dies, that when they feel like the time's right to have the baby, that the soul comes back and that it's somehow now 
the same baby. Mm. So there's like also a weird, you know, mental headspace that goes on there that yeah. is just unfortunately not true. Now, yeah. This is my second last question. Yeah. <laughs> what What can people do if so Roe v. Wade is overturned? That doesn't mean the end of abortion. It goes back to the states, mm-hmm. and that creates another set of issues. I would imagine. Um, what can normal people do to, uh, if not eliminate, certainly diminish abortion happening in the United States? Sometimes I feel like we get so caught up on what's happening nationally. And that's actually actually something that our country's only done recently. It was like FDR and LBJ who really expanded the reach of the federal government. The first hundred or so years of our uh, of our country, most people didn't even really know who was in Congress, and nor did they care. Uh, so I think we should really return to that mindset of, what are you doing with your friends and your family and your community, making sure everyone's headspace yeah. is there? Because, um, you know, that's what we're called to do. For example, when Jesus came down, he didn't rail against the Roman Empire, the Roman state. There were so many injustices going on then, yeah. as there are now. Um, but he was always focused on what can you do to become a better person and to carry his light through the world. So I think that's something we should do is make sure um, if you have young daughters, if you have, you know, sisters, um, if you're a woman yourself, your friends, making sure everyone's in the same headspace and understanding the issues at play here and only then can that truly change the world that's awesome yeah Sarah, great. how can uh, how can people follow you oh on twitter on twitter <laughs> nefertari underscore 25 the egyptian queen yes <laughs> nefertari underscore 25 25 common spelling no, common no. spelling <laughs> the common spelling for nefertari and uh not only on twitter now on parlor yes uh yes. basically same thing there i think no underscore for that one okay yeah. Awesome. And watch uh, watch your show on One American Thanks. News. Thank yes. you. Yeah, awesome. Great conversation. Yeah, it was great. As always. Great. Yeah. Um, man, you, you've got this so dialed in. I could, uh, I could listen to you talk about this for a long time. <laughs> Ask more questions. Man. Yeah, such an, important, <laughs> such an important conversation. And uh, for those of you that are watching, uh, I mean, so much we could say here. But let me give you a quick situation report. Do my best to sum up. And I'm not sure I can. We're going to have to have Kara back to uh, help us continue this conversation. But a couple of things to think about when we're talking about abortion. Uh, the, the first one is this, and, and this is probably principally the most important thing to understand right out the gate, that abortion is really not about when does life begin or what is the definition of life. It is very much an act of selfishness. <laughs> and I don't know another way to say that, but people who are pro-abortion who would call themselves pro-choice that have actually spent more than two or three minutes considering what abortion is would still side on the side of death, side on the side of uh, abortion because it protects them and it defends them. It really is not about when does life begin. It's about what's best for me. That's one thing. Uh, As we look down the road and consider what can we do, uh, a great point was made and uh, Kara did a great job with this explaining what abortion is. So many people do not understand what abortion actually is. It sounds to us, and we've been raised in a society that teaches us that it's really a medical procedure. It's uh, really not something to be concerned about. It's very normal. We've normalized it in the United States, unfortunately. But talk about what it is. Uh, And there are so many um, books and pamphlets and documentaries and movies even that help us to understand this, and we need to continue to do that. Um, And the last thing is, what can we do about it? What we can do about it is start locally. And and so many issues we talk about at this table, uh, that is the answer. Start locally. Start with your family. Start by teaching your children uh, the truth about these issues and why these issues are important. Work in your community to solve these problems. And then we'll see this become an issue that is dealt with nationally as we begin locally. That is your situation report for today. Kara, thank you so much. Thank you. That was awesome. Yeah. Amazing. 
See you next week. Yeah, we'll see you next week. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.